the Mississippi Crop Situation Podcast featuring the Crop Doctors. Welcome to another edition of the Mississippi Crop Situation Podcast. I'm Eric Larson, and I'm here today with uh, my colleague, Dr. Trent Irby. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the replanting options. If Once the flood water goes down in the Mississippi Delta, obviously this is a very unprecedented event, and hopefully that flood water will recede shortly and we'll get an opportunity, I guess, to get back in the fields and decide what to do where we've had catastrophic death of, of our crops in the field. But uh, certainly this presents some unfortunate situations, and bottom line is we're here to help, I guess, with the, the situation and, and uh, hopefully cover some of the questions that you may have so yeah I think Eric in this situation uh, you know it's definitely some opportunities just to bounce a bunch of ideas back and forth because this isn't something that we've we've dealt with and just the timing of it as we've already discussed is is catastrophic so you know I guess I'll, I'll ask you the first question and you know, we've had a couple of weeks now to, to ride around and sort of see the extent of what we're dealing with. We, we see some water off of some fields. We see other fields still underwater. Uh, so just, just from a, a corn perspective, you know, what, where are we in terms of replanting? What, what, I, I know we have different levels of damage in different fields, but, you know, what, what are the extent of these fields in, in terms of whole replants, half replants? I mean, what, what's it looking like? Well, unfortunately, most of the fields where we've had, you know, crop death with corn water still in the fields and I was out there yesterday um, on uh, Wednesday the 23rd so um, there's still water in the fields you know where the water has receded we may have killed part of the field on the bottom side of the field but we've got you know a lot of good corn or, or corn that is still alive anyway in in a majority of the field so I don't know if we're going to be in a replant situation there just because it's a small portion of the field and it's probably not going to be practical but um, you know, there are some significant sized acreages that are dead right now that still have water in them. And our biggest issue right there is basically a time frame. We know that if we have corn or corn planted, we've got herbicides out now that are going to restrict replanting options to either corn or sorghum. So those are the two realistic options. And um, looking at historic heat unit accumulation, which drives maturity on corn, we absolutely need to try to replant probably by July the 1st or July 5th at the latest at a Highway 82 latitude and even in even order to mature the crop by the last available date that we have any heat unit accumulation in mid-November. So planting corn is not a very realistic option, bottom line, because of that uh, growing season limitation on and where we're at right now. Grain sorghum would be a little bit more realistic because it's an earlier maturity crop, but it's got other limitations um, that we know about, you know, when we think about grain sorghum. It doesn't have herbicide control options or, you know, certainly it's going to have issues with herbicide tolerance if we plant it next to a field of soybeans or another crop that's going to get a Roundup application over the top. It is going to be sensitive to kernel sprouting if it matures late in the fall and we get into a rainy period not to mention you know a lot of insect related issues during the growing season as well so there's um, a number of limitations there but grain sorghum is a little bit better fit in terms of the physiology being able to tolerate heat stress during the summer as a realistic option between corn and sorghum sorghum probably is a little bit more realistic 
So, w- with respect to sorghum and, and coming back, maybe that with that as an option, what are we looking like? I mean, we, like you said, we still have some fields under underwater uh, today, and not really sure exactly when we might be able to get in and and actually do replanting in some of those areas. So, how much time do we have to to realistically be able to use sorghum as a replant option to be able to to get back in there and and make the crop? I think we could probably extend that date out to July the 10th or 15th very easily with sorghum. The thing that we can do there, I guess, is to use an earlier maturity hybrid. Um, We did some research a couple years ago um, actually planting sorghum to to replicate the, the flooding issues that we had in the South Delta a few years ago. And we produced yields, you know, in the up to 90 bushels an acre with a planting date the last week of June. The problem is with some of our standard sorghum hybrids, our full maturity, medium full maturity sorghum hybrids, that extended the maturity of them out so that when we harvested them in early November, the grain moisture was still lingering in the mid 20% range, just didn't want to mature very well. So moving to a slightly earlier maturity, you know, we used a broad range and we used extremely early maturity hybrids, um, ranging all the way up to our normal full season varieties that we would typically plant in Mississippi. And yields fell off with the earliest maturity stuff, but um, you know, the mid-maturity hybrids offered certainly lower grain moisture at harvest. You know, a lot of the same physiology as far as leaf canopy size as our full maturity hybrids within reason and um, in, in good yield potential up to 90 bushels an acre too. So best thing I could do there is, you know, if you got questions about that, certainly check with your retailers and talk to me um, regarding different hybrid selection choices and maturity ranges that, that we might have to select from. We're just here to help as best we can in that regard. So obviously, me being a, a soybean guy, the first thing that comes to my mind when I hear concerns over levels of maturity at harvest or harvest aids, I don't know, but in, in sorghum, could you use a, a harvest aid to sort of smooth out that maturity and make it a little a little easier to harvest being planted this late, or would it not really have an impact? I don't really think it's going to have that much of an impact. The maturity, just like corn, is going to be kind of a driven by heat unit accumulation, and you are going to have a natural range in maturity, variability between plants, basically, and a harvest aid would help kill, you know, those green plants or those green kernels prematurely uh, but that's going to, you know, reduce your yield potential and have a negative impact that you normally wouldn't implement in a normal production situation. So, you know, obviously they could help in, in that regard, but uh, the main thing is to have drying capabilities or select an earlier maturity hybrid that is going to, you know, dry down to 15% moisture like, like we had in our study where we planted in late June. I know everybody's made this comment. It's just a tough time of year to experience this type of catastrophic flooding and and figure out what to do moving forward for sure. Absolutely. So what about soybeans? Obviously, soybeans are a more realistic choice, and and there's a lot more acres of of flooded soybeans that that folks are probably going to consider replanting. What are some of the questions, you know, regarding maturities or other things that you would recommend to growers? So, you know, some acres have already have already been replanted. I, I guess let's let's back up and, and look at the the situations. We've really got various situations out there. We've got whole fields that are lost and, and still underwater and we'll still have to make a decision what to do with those. We have, you know, places and pockets in fields that 
flooded out and, and are, are beginning to dry out and we can go in and we can spot plant into that if we if it's you know the, a significant amount of acres where we choose that's the best thing to do and then we have lower ends of fields you know maybe the lower third uh, the bottom half in, in certain situations that that are complete losses and then and then we have to make a decision how to how to manage that so you know in in two of these three situations i just talked about you've got a part of the crop that there's no question you've got to keep i mean we we have excellent planting dates on some of that uh, much greater yield potential we need to keep what's there and, and then decide what to do with the land that that where the losses are um so the bottom line is if we're facing a replant situation first we have to find the seed and, and, and you know I, I know there's seed available out there as far as maturity goes uh, staying on the earlier side is is beneficial from a yield potential standpoint maturity group manipulation at this point wouldn't really change our overall yield potential what would change would be our days to maturity and and certainly at this point uh, shortening that up to, to get the crop out of the field a little bit faster in the fall could could be worth lots depending on what what kind of fall uh, weather we have so certainly when, when we talk about delaying planting date even further we got to worry about last frost dates and, and, and things of that nature so it, it just really depends on kind of where we are in our state and, and things of that nature but manipulating in that mid early early to mid group four range is what a lot of people are, are kind of leaning towards and in some cases able to find even some some late maturity group threes what about uh, different concerns with the flood, whether or not we need to inoculate the seed or anything like that? Where does that come into play? Or Yeah, so as far as inoculants go, let me just back up and, and mention, mention a, a data set out of, out of the University of Arkansas. So this, this, regardless of flooded conditions, there are data out there that suggest that soybean yield would benefit from an inoculant when planted late. All right, so then you throw the flood water into the equation, and and for sure, uh, you know, I, I think our recommendation would be to include an inoculant on this seed, uh, and, and and that may even translate into next year's crop as well. Uh, it's certainly cheaper to inoculate seed than it is to, to develop a, an issue with nitrogen deficiency and have to come back and apply a supplemental nitrogen application at a later date. and. and particularly in the case of a late planted crop, that's just a situation we, we need to avoid economically. What about soybeans that may have been temporary flooded, they lived through the, the flood, what about that temporary flood water effect on the, on the, you know, the whole fixation process? Um, you think there was enough damage to the roots in some cases where we may have to supplement our nitrogen? I think there's going to be situations where we might have to, and, and I've had uh, quite a few conversations this week in particular looking at, at, at fields that had temporary flooding. You know, and, and what's going on, we have an off-color, so obviously we'll have uh, yellow-colored soybeans from, from the, the flood waters and the lack of nitrogen and at this point. We can dig those plants up, and we'll see uh, you know, dead nodules basically on the roots. And, and so depending on the length of the flood and how long that soil was underwater would depend on, you know, how long it might take the, the process to, to restart, so to speak. So generally speaking, I would expect that within two to three weeks after the water is gone that we would begin to see new nodules develop. Now, 
where that can be even further complicated is is how far along that crop was in its stage of development. So if we're talking about mid-reproductive soybeans who really need that nitrogen right now, it would be you know worth considering making a supplemental nitrogen application to 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 try to give that crop what it needs to to further you know move into into development and, and seed production. If we're talking about beans that were planted on the later end of the of our normal planting window, those would be much younger, and those might uh, have time to to recover and and the nodulation process may restart and we might get by. So it's really, as you know, every every field and every situation that we're dealing with right now is kind of uh, on its own kind of call. We just have to look at the situation and make the decision based on, on what's going on right there. What about soybean planting methods, you know, planting with a row crop planter, planting with a drill, other concerns such as weed control that may come into play more so in a late planted situation than, than what we'd normally have? So, you know, where we're sitting today, today's what, June 24th, where we're sitting today, planting right now is still very similar to what a lot of our producers have done in years past who have had wheat. So we're we're in a wheat bean kind of planting window right now. Uh, we would expect shorter plants just because of the, the late planting date and the summer heat. Um, maybe not quite reaching canopy on our wide 38-inch rows, single row type type situations. Again, I think it's situational dependent on on what uh, row spacing to 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 do, and, and a lot of it is going to depend on what we do with bottom halves of fields. If we're just going to go across those fields and and plant them, or try to stay on the row pattern and you know have those furrows there for for fair irrigation of our crop that we kept or what. But in situations where we can, I think a narrow row, uh, a drill or, or cedar of some kind on a on a 15 inch or seven and a half inch spacing would help us get a canopy and that would help ultimately with weed control and things of that nature versus planting everything back on a wide row so i do think it's situational dependent on what our guys have uh, of as equipment availability and things of that nature that kind of wraps up i guess what we had thought about as far as topics by all means though if you have any questions feel free to always contact us our cell phone numbers are listed on the mississippi crop situation blog Obviously, that's a good outlet for other other information that we put up as far as printed material and updates as well. But thank you very much for joining us. Uh, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, and we'll look forward to joining you again in the future. The Mississippi Crop Situation Podcast is a production of Mississippi State University Extension. Mississippi.